0: Greetings and welcome to the Golf Betting System Podcast 203 featuring the Valero Texas Open on the PGA Tour. Paul Williams and Barry O'Hanrahan join me, Steve Bamford, to discuss this week's golf betting action. Good morning, gents. Morning, chaps. Morning, boys. Please subscribe to this podcast as you drive the popularity of the show. And don't forget, we're only a week away from the Masters. This podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. Please be aware. You can visit biggamblerware.org for more information and, of course, please bet responsibly. Visit our world-famous golf betting system website with our in-depth betting previews, tournament strokes gained analysis, tournament form statistics and our PGA Tour predictor model. All of these features, like this podcast, are completely free of charge with no paywall. We're on Twitter. Barry is at a good golf. Paul is at Golf Betting. I'm at Bamford Golf. You can join our Golf Betting System Facebook group. The link is available in the description box. Plus, look out for the Steve Bamford Golf YouTube channel where I present the Golf Betting Show every week. I actually recorded it yesterday. So the Valero Texas Open Golf Betting Show is available on YouTube at at our YouTube channel. Right. Now, I was going to say right here about five-star reviews. They're so important to us. We know this. We say this every week. However... It is the master show next week, so I'm going to put an extra emphasis on this. Send in your five-star reviews this week. I will choose the very best one, and I will read it on our Master's 205 podcast show, which is our most listened-to show of the year. So there you go. I will look through all of the five-star reviews you send in this week, and the best one will be read next week. Leave your name and where you are, in the review. Now, this is a cracker. It's entitled, It's Pretty Decent, Five Stars. So, I took a different route following the guys. I followed Barry across from a Good Talk Spoiled podcast. Side note, Barry, did you once play Glen of the Downs with one of the No Laying Up guys? I think we were in the group behind you. We'll talk about that in a second. Anyway, the lads have become a firm favourite in my list of podcasts. Well researched tips, semi decent banter, and an excellent theme tune. It's a great way to give tips on the PGA Tour and the Euro. I mean the DP World Tour. Five stars. Keep up the good work. Let's hope for another solid week this week. And that is from Jer- uh, Gar Evans, and he's in the UK. Right, Barry, Glen of the Downs. Talk us through
1: it. That was, that was my old home course, um, designed uh, by Peter McAvoy. And I, I played that from like age 16, age 17. Uh, now a few years older than that. But um, yeah, Sally came over, and we played there, and uh, then we played Port Marnock the next day. It was kind of some of, some of his early introductions to... Well, to Irish golf anyway, but to links golf as well. So yeah, it was getting that it um, the re- sorry the podcast review three was good because it sent me down a little memory lane trip. So like five years ago or six years ago now or five and a half. So it's cool going back and looking at the photos and um, yeah, it's amazing. Like the the link all the way back that time. You know, somebody sees you on the golf course and you know ends up listening to a show a few years later about me still waffling on about golf. So it's, it's kind crazy. Of a, yeah, it's that's mad. how
0: that's how we met as well. We met up via your a good talk
1: spoiled podcast, didn't we? Many years ago, you yeah. had me on your show, and we needed somebody who actually knew what they were talking about when it came to golf picks and stats. Uh, Why we the hell just, did you get me on? I have no idea, but I I could ask you the same question about your podcast and me here, so.
0: Mm. Well, you say that. I mean, that's a great segue into last week. I don't think, you know, I mean, you can't really pat yourself on the back, back but because we didn't pick a, a winner in either in any of the three tournaments. But if you take the Corrales Championship, I had Graham McDowell in a fantastic position with 27 holes to play. He was tucked in there. I think he was tied second or third. Then his back goes. Now that's a familiar story. We'll 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 move forward yeah. or back spasms <laughs> was, in in a, in, was, in a short while. Yeah, that I was, was so it.
1: unfortunate about McDowell because he was in a great spot. He Mate, really was, he was he just, there, yeah, just in the slipstream of the leader, is ready to pounce. Yeah, he he that's was actually in the wrong side of the draw as well because the, the the the
0: split that he and Johnny Vegas were in were over it was over two shots more difficult. So for G Mac to be right in there, that was a fantastic. Then his back goes. Anyway, Johnny Vegas comes through and gets me an each way payout 16 to 1. So at least we kind of covered the week. So but so we we had a runner, we had runners in the Corales, and then you go to the match play. The Dell match play, which, as we know, is an absolute nightmare from a betting perspective. And, you know, we've got players in the mix. We were all sweet on Kisner. We were Paul was very sweet on Dustin Johnson. And just the way that the, the tournament played through. You know Pete Dye specialists coming to the fore. You know you go through that list of players that made the last the quarterfinal. They've all got half decent, you know Pete Dye records. So you know we we kind of had it covered, but again just came up just came up short. Anyway, that's by, Let's talk Paul Casey. And Barry off Mike just asked Paul, has Paul Casey gone back onto your I will not bet him post it note? Paul, what's yeah, your answer?
2: I'm, well, I'm not sure he was on it in the first place because he was firmly on no, yours. <clears throat> that's true. But that is true. Yeah, he's he's um he's not done himself any favors in that respect from uh, from my perspective. I, I frustrating, isn't it? Because and I, you, you can look at this and think, well, if he had a back problem, um, knew about the back problem before he teed it up on the first hole on on Wednesday, um, and you know, played one hole and that was it. He, he won his first hole on Wednesday. Um Teed off on the second hole and that was it. Back spasms, conceded the, uh, conceded the match, conceded the next two. You've got Bernd Wiesberger there as the first alternate who, um <laughs> ready and raring to go. You know, anyone pulls out, that's it. He's straight in. And, um, doesn't get a sniff and it's not as if casey needs the money it's not as if he's turned up and thought well i must play one hole so that i can take this uh this check for finishing in a tie for 60th or whatever and uh and disappear back home um you know i'd, I'd like to give him the benefit of the doubt and say well everything was fine He you know you know he just tweaked it on the first hole or the second hole on on wednesday and that was it but i don't know Anyway, you know get Casey out of the way. Yeah, DJ made it all the way through to the to um, to the, the uh, semis, didn't he? So he got an each way payout. In fact, he got his payout from the each way or the eight places each way element on the uh, on the quarterfinals. Mm-hmm. And then KK, who we we're all on Kevin Kisner, who he uh, played so well, didn't he? I mean, he? He rode his luck at times, but I think you have to ride your luck in this format. You know, there's going to be some some hairy moments, isn't there? Um, but then he couldn't. He, he didn't even take a hole off of Sheffler in the final. Sheffler was just too good. And that uh, match that against Adam.
0: It. That match against Adam Scott was mad for Kate Kisner. Well, yeah, was he is, three? It, he was three down with four to play.
2: It's um, was it a five to play? Either four way, four it to was, play,
1: and didn't even four. need a playoff hole.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he just one four in the trot, didn't he? Um, yeah. But that. That's that's the nature of the game. Momentum is so huge, isn't it? You know, you win a hole, you win a second, you win a third. You know, even DJ when he was playing Sheffield, he was he was way down in that semi final. Then he won a hole, and he won a second, and he won a third. And you know, at that point, you're starting to think, well, you know, the momentum shifted here. He's he's got a chance, but ultimately, Scotty was just a little bit uh, a little bit too good.
1: Scotty was ridiculous in the final. I mean he yeah. hit something like the first 11 greens in a row wasn't missing anything any of the little bounces were going for him like the moment of the match happened on the was it the second or the third where Kisner had a four footer to win the hole yeah. and um probably hit his worst putt of the week missed it and you could you just tell like that was a huge moment needed to go in you know and um just settle things down and from then on the, the any windows that opened up for even a second were just slammed right shut and the you know the, the, the shot that killed him was the when Scheffler held a bunker shell on 12 yeah that that yeah. was it the, the door was open and then bang closed and then that meant you know Kisner still had like a 10 footer to hold <laughs> so like um It just felt like the writing was on the wall early in that final and it hurt. But at the same time, you know, we got a 50 to 1 place uh, or sorry, 10 to 1 place out of the 50 to 1 odds or thereabouts that we all got them at. So not a bad week, you know, in match. And it's so hard to call guys to win this event when it's it's so difficult to get out of the group in the first place. And then you still have to get through another four matches to win it. It's oh, a great! Uh, great
2: entertainment. Yeah, it's it's never my favourite from a betting perspective, but uh, to come out with a, a a profit out of it was uh, was encouraging, at least.
0: I got. Um, I forgot. I got a place out of Marcus Kinno as well in Qatar.
2: You did, yeah. And Barry also, you put up. Um, it's Seamus Power, hundreds to one. Power didn't, he? yeah, absolutely. 100. He made and he made it through to the uh, to the quarters. quarters, which was a great shout. Really good, Hundreds of one, wasn't it? For yeah.
1: Power? So it was a good week, and you know, well. had, had a had a bit of fun backing some accumulators mm. on the match results uh, as well. I loved the match play. I, re- I why don't we have more mm. of it? Change all the WGCs to match play. They've gone stale. You know, give us something different because, and, and you can mess around with the format for the other ones too. But it's just such a breath of fresh air in a. A season that just keeps churning and churning, you know, 72 whole stroke plays. I, I absolutely loved it. I mean, it's not superb from an um, outright betting perspective. It's very difficult. <clears throat> but from an entertainment and watching point of view, it's it's amazing. And it's the kind of golf that amateurs, we can all identify with so much because we do play a lot of match play in our own home clubs. So, mm. yeah, bring, bring it on. I want more of it. I thought it was amazing. Great week.
2: Yeah, yeah, nice, uh, nice distraction from the uh, from the regular events. Um, that's for sure. Well, I yeah, also, you-
1: th- I also
0: think you can play a, you can you can read a lot of players' psyches in match play. I mean, just taking Adam Scott there, you're three up with four to play, and you just fall apart. Fall apart, effectively. I mean, there was some good play from Kisner, but Scott, that to me is a psychological thing, and that's why it's difficult to back Adam Scott. It's very. I've been caught for many years backing Scott at a medium price, at a major, and he does nothing. And I think that's that's a kind of indicative state of Adam Scott's mind there in that match play. And I'll tell you another one, another one that's exactly the same, is Matt Fitzpatrick. I heard his interview, he just won his second match, And one of the first things he said to the reporter on Thursday was, well, at least now I'm at a minimum going to get a playoff to get out of the group. And I just thought, you've just won two of your two matches and you're already talking about a minimum of getting into a playoff to get out of the group. I just thought that was strange psychology. It doesn't Mm. read right. It doesn't feel right to me. And sure enough, he then goes and gets beaten and goes to a playoff the next day and gets beaten in the playoff by, I believe, Scotty Sheffley, yeah? Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah,
0: that's 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 bad psychology in my mind when I read stuff or hear
1: stuff like that. I'd I would mean, agree. Do you know? Do you know? Actually, and matching up a somebody with great psychology and a great performance this week into, of course, you made a great point just in the pre-show chat that take Kisner for the Open. He's got a, you know, I think he has a few good results in the Open. Yeah. I, I yeah, yeah, he, he might one. be, he might, he might be an auto bet for, um, you know, he'll be mid-range odds. There's no way he'll be short. You might even get him triple digits if uh, the bookies aren't keeping them, um, keeping an eye on him. A difficult, a difficult open around a shorter
0: format where short game is a premium. Kevin Kisner's no reason why he can't get right into the mix of an open. Mm. And he already has done. Yeah. The actual, in my mind, the list of American players that can win Open Championships is quite short. Kepka, I reckon Finow might be able to win one. We've seen him play well in the Howling Wind at uh, in uh, the one that Lowry won. Um, Kepka, Ke- of course, Morikawa kind of won that complete surprise. But yeah, Kisner, you'd put him in there. An American that can win a major, uh, win an open for sure. I tell you what I was going to talk about quickly. Uh, let's start segueing to the Masters because clearly we're talking Valero Texas Open this week, but we're already all of us we're all thinking about Masters already. Uh, we had yesterday Russell Henley, Thomas Peters, Seamus Power, Harold Varner the Third, and Cameron Young all added to the Masters starting lineup. On the basis, they, they were in the top 50 in the world post the world match play. So those guys are now added to the field officially. I just wanted to talk as well with you guys about this recency bias. Scotty Scheffler, I've got to say also, Scotty Scheffler, what a guy. And i tell you what I've also got to highlight. The University of Texas and their golf program is absolutely phenomenal. Scotty Scheffler now world number one. That follows on from Jordan Spieth being a world number one and a perennial major winner. Yeah? Then you go back in time with the University of Texas. Um, Ben Crenshaw, two-time Masters champion, Tom Kite, US Open champion, and Justin Leonard, the 97 Open champion, all went to the University of Texas. That is some program, and then we've also got players that are fellow Longhorns: Fritelli, Hickok, your favorite Paul Bohosler, Johnny Vegas. It's, it's just a production line of top talent that university. It's unbelievable, and they've they've again hit another jackpot in Scotty Scheffler. The way that he did that and became world number one, the way that he's just come from nowhere. Bearing in mind, I think he was still 12th in the world before he won the Phoenix Open when when I was on board
2: there a few weeks ago. It's just a phenomenal rise. A little bit further out than that. I think it might have been 14th, 15th. But yeah, he's got (sighs) three three wins and three big wins in the space of um, a few weeks and he's just catapulted himself to the top of the tree. Very good stuff.
0: Now I'm reading, like, oh, I've got Scottish Scheffler tickets for the Masters. Oh, yeah, this, that and the other. And it's all well and good. Let's actually just look at some facts before... Uh, we're going to do a research podcast, uh, listeners, towards the end of this week when we've actually got some real Masters markets because the anti-post markets are atrocious. So our advice to anyone, do not have a bet on the Masters until the real markets start coming out at the end of this week. So bear that in mind. I just wanted to mention this though. I'm going back to Sergio Garcia. How have the last four major uh, Masters winners done at the match play? Right, Garcia, 2017. He got beat in his group, didn't make it out of the group. He halved and first match against Lowry, beat Chappell, and then lost six and four to John Rahm. Lost six and four to John Rahm at Austin. And then the next time we saw him on the golf car course, he won the Masters. <laughs> Patrick Reed, 2018. He beat uh, Lee, Svartzel and Spieth. To get out of his group, he then lost in the, in the Sweet 16 to Alex Noren. Uh, Tiger Woods, 2019. Beat Wise Cantlay. Lost to Brandt Schnedeker, but still got out of the group. He then beat Rory McElroy in the last 16. And everyone was raving about Tiger. And then he lost to Mark uh, Biergaard in the quarters. Mm. And then Hideki Matsuama. The most recent of them all. He lost to Carlos Ortiz and Brian Harmon. I wonder how many people would have backed him at that point, walking off that green, losing to Brian Harmon on the Thursday and said he's going to win the Masters, this Hideki <laughs> Matsu chat. He then beat Patrick Cantlay in his last group match, but didn't get out of the group. That, to me, doesn't scream Scotty Scheffler's the world new world number one's going to win the Masters.
2: Yeah, well, it doesn't scream that the... Match play is a good indicator of impending success at Augusta. Different format, yeah. It's 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 the top sixty-four thereabouts in the world, and I I get that. It's uh, you know it's an elite field that's going to be teeing up at Augusta. Um, largely the same people, and then a, a splattering of others uh, who have also got an mm-hmm. invite one way or another. But uh, yeah, it's a totally different game, isn't it? Different game.
1: I wonder if this, if the match play happens one week too soon or too close to the Masters, and you know you've lost Rory McIlroy from the event, and I think Campsworth. I think it's I, I think and Council sorry, yeah, among others, I I think it's a wise move for for Rory. You know, you're playing a very different style of golf in in match play. It's a very different mentality, and you know you could be playing seven rounds. This close to the Masters starting, that's got. I mean, even if it doesn't me- mentally, it's going to have a small little effect on you. Like, oh god, I'm I'm a little bit tired now. I played seven rounds. I need to rest up. I need to rest up, and it just disrupts the preparation a little bit close to the tournament. It feels <clears throat> and if it was one week further away from it, I, I think you'd probably have no issues getting everybody to commit to it. Mm. Um, it just, it's, it's just but it's i mean it's it's interesting i mean i the the results of the winners in the match play you know you it's hard to draw a line in somebody playing really well in match play and then going well in the masters you could have guys who like who've shot like 4 or 5 under in all of their matches this week and gone out in the group stages so they could be yeah. playing
2: astonishing golf yeah just, yeah the- the detail that sits under it is perhaps a little bit more important than the actual result, I guess. Billy Horschel said it
0: took a week for him to recover post winning the match play last year, mm. and that undoubtedly hindered his build-up prep for Augusta the week after. Mm. He said that in an interview on Wednesday, uh, sorry, on Tuesday before the event started. Now, Billy Horschel, you know, he's not George, he's he's not Scotty Scheffler, he's probably a tiny, you know, a bit more mature and whatever, but. Yeah, you know, that's why I'm not over Corey Connors this week at sixteen to one on the basis that he played seven rounds of golf in five days last week. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it just it's doesn't doesn't feel right to me.
2: It's draining that, physically, but also, yeah, probably more so mentally, so, isn't it?
0: So clearly, clearly, Connors wins by six this week, <laughs> right, Paul? I want you to just quickly go through for the listeners our bet three six five majors competition because as of now. We've only got nine days to get our entries in before the competition closes. So do you want yeah. to just highlight that to our listeners?
2: Yeah, it's, it starts to it starts to warm up now, the entries for the competition. So we've had a few hundred so far. But yeah, we'll post the um, the page that details all of the entry um, requirements and uh, entry sources, I guess, are um, on the uh, pod, podcast description. So you can have a look through that. Essentially, we need you to name a player for each of the four majors before the start of the Masters, but so before Thursday next week, um, name a player to win the Masters, a player to win the PGA, a player to win the US Open and a player to win the Open Championships. One and done. And it's four different players. And essentially what we do is we create a leaderboard then um, based on the dollar earnings of those four players on the respective major that you've picked them for. Create a create a leaderboard of all the all the entrants from all over the world who, who play a part of our competition, and then the winner, uh, wins one hundred and fifty pounds, um, and courtesy of Bet three six five, second place seventy five pound, third place twenty five pounds. So there's two hundred and fifty pounds in total up for grabs, and of course we uh, we can do the currency. Um, uh, translation as well yeah. so if you guys that are overseas um we can work that through as well so um but yeah pop along it's dead simple so essentially all we want are four names um four different names for the four majors and uh, and see how they get on um but yeah there's there's a page if you go to the home page of the website um there's a link through to the competition if you go to steve's valero texas open preview this week there's a big uh, section on there and a link through 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 to the um, uh, to the competition details as well. So you can't miss it, really. Um, you can tweet us. You can go to the Facebook group. You can email us. Lots of ways to do it. So uh, get yourself involved.
0: Right, Valero, Texas Open. The curtain raiser to the 2022 Masters. As you would expect, not the greatest of fields. It's kind of okay. Got McElroy, got DeChambeau. Uh, we've got Hideki coming back off of his... Uh, Hideki, who was going to win the players, clearly, and then had a neck, neck injury. This injury situation seems to be something that's um, blighting us of late, but at least Hideki pulled out before tee-off, unlike Paul. Yeah. Um, these are the winners of the warm-up tournament prior to the Masters. There's absolutely no pattern in this, by the way, but I just thought I'd mention it. Laird. 100 to 1 in 2013. They also don't forget these are different these are different events as well. That was the TPC San Antonio, the Valera Texas Open. We then went back to Houston. Matt Jones, 125 to 1 in 2014. JB Home, big JB. He won the week before the Masters in 2015 at 28 to 1. Paul's favourite golfer, Jim the Hermanator Herman. Won in 2016 the Houston Open at 400 to 1. Just make a mental note of that, listeners. Make a mental note of that. Jim Herman, 400 to 1. Not that I'm giving anything away here. Russell Henley in 2017. He won the Houston Open 40 to 1. Ian Poulter, this one goes into the annals of fame. Ian Poulter, he made the quarterfinals of the World Match play. Then missed the top 50 cut to get into the Masters by one spot. He was 51st in the world. A lot of people would have crumbled. A lot of people would have crawled under their stone and not played the Houston Open. He then went and won it. The only way he could get into the Masters was to win that week. And he beat another one of Paul's favourite players, Bo Hosler, in a playoff. He was 100-1. to That's not bad. You think about it 100 to 1 to win that tournament, and he'd just come off a quarter final appearance at the match play. Oh,
2: yeah. Right. With, with mass, massive, um, you know, motivation. The, the, yeah, the, the motivation, the reward for, for getting that win was huge, wasn't it? You know, Amazing, mate. Fighter, isn't he, Polter? That so. is Ian
0: Poulter. Yeah. I've noticed this week, Alex Naren, who's in the same kind of boat, and I think he's 53rd in the world, he's not bothering to play the Valera Texas Open, so he's kind of, oh, I've had enough of this. It just shows you the difference in psychology in psyche again. Right, Corey Connors 2019, he was 200 to 1 winning this Valero Texas Open. And then last year, 21, I snagged 16 to 1 Jordan Spieth in this particular event. He was a 16 to 1 chance and hadn't won for like three and a half years. And that's the reason I put him up, because I thought to myself, Jordan Spieth goes well in Texas. Loves to hit a Masters in top form and hasn't won for three and a half years, so he will win whatever tournament he can, and he did. Right, so that's that's a kind of warm up scenario there as to what kind of players do win. But so we've got we've got prices from sixteen to one out to four hundred to one there of players that can win the week before Augusta, Valero Texas Open this week. It's played at the tpc san antonio golf course it's actually the oaks course there's two courses here the pga tour have played here since 2010 they've shortened the course this year chaps you don't you don't you don't hear that very often do you yes i'll repeat they've actually shortened the course this year they've knocked another 50 yards off it They basically is playing fifty-six yards shorter than it did last year. They banged thirty yards off a par three, and they've also shortened a par five by another twenty yards. The fourteenth. So it's a seven thousand four hundred thirty-eight yard par seventy-two. Now I remember when this hit the PGA Tour, and it played tough. It played really, really tough. It was a nightmare. Kevin Narr, I'll never forget Kevin Narr. I tipped him up that week. You, I'm sure you're not surprised by that. I mention that every year as well. Kevin Narr, didn't he shoot 12 or 15 on one par four? Something crazy. It might man. have been worse than that, it might have been 17. <laughs> I remember tracking the leaderboard that Friday, mate. We I just disappeared. Couldn't, I, couldn't, uh, I was looking at the <laughs> bottom of this lead. You know, I always start from the bottom and go, bloody hell. He's jumped from two, two under to what? 12 over. <laughs> That's got to be a mistake, isn't it? I'm saying to you, Paul, what the fuck is going on here? And then it all came out. Um, it's a difficult course. It ranked last year 15th most difficult of 51 courses, 72.48. But plotters can plot their way around it, or just decent players with their irons. I mean, Speed won at 18 under last year, Connors at 20 under, Landry at 17 under. And what you find is, you know, 17 to 20 wins. But then the leaderboard thins out very, very quickly. I reckon top you can probably top fifteen here, and you can be seven, eight under par. It sorts the men out from the boys. This golf course. It's it's difficult. It's re- relatively long. The fairways are thin. I mean, they're twenty-seven yards wide at three hundred and twenty-five yards carry. You compare that to Bay Hill the other week. Bay Hill was 39 yards wide at the same distance off the tee. So that's 12 Mm. yards thinner than the fairways at Bay Hill. So it's difficult off the tee. The greens are 6,500 square feet on average. They're multi-tiered. They tend to let them release quite a lot here because they're trying to get players ready for Augusta next week. So they don't mind a, a releasing green or 18 here. And there is trouble everywhere if you stray off the fairway. There's trouble in all manner of different guises. Rocks, trees, bushes, dense undergrowth. You don't want to be missing fairways. You know, you do not want to be one of these guys that's an, a very indiscriminate driver and can hit it 60, 70 yards off target because you're in a whole world of hurt around here. It's a Greg Norman design. And as per always with my agronomy hat on, this week we have champion Bermuda grass greens, but wait for it, overseeded with POA trivialis. So again, another overseed variety in terms of what we've seen recently. We saw overseed last week. When I say overseed variety, I mean Poetrivolous in all cases. But we've seen these greens now at Austin. We saw the same kind of greens at TPC Sawgrass for the Players' Championship. We also saw the same kind of greens with this Poetrivolous overseed at the Valspar. So that's three weeks on the Trout. trot. Very similar green composition. Bear that in mind, there's a lot of carryover here in terms of those green types with the Waste Management Phoenix Open and also the American Express that they play in the desert at PGA West. And actually, when you look at some of the winners here, like Charlie Hoffman, Andrew Landry, they've all got a good record at that particular Bob Hope lottery, as I still call it. But it's now called the American Express because The green types are pretty much the same, so that's an angle of attack for you. Anything you want to say about the course, chaps, from your
2: history of watching the Valero Texas Open? No, for, for me, I think it's one of these courses that does reward some, uh, an element of accuracy from off the tee, which is, is fairly rare on the PGA Tour. So, um, I think that kind of explains why you get this. A quick drop off in the in the scoring because um, you get the players who do play that kind of um, game. They hit a lot of greens, hit a lot of um, hit a lot of fairways during the course of the week. Have a good putting week and con- compile a, a really quite competitive score, um, and then mm. it quickly thins out because there's the players who can't do that. And uh, you know, if you can end up with a a decent quality ball striker who's had a good week on the greens um, towards the towards the top, then you've got yourself a chance of snaring the winner here. I think would be my take on it.
0: I don't think people fancied Jordan Spieth last year on the basis that, oh, he was terrible off the tee, but he'd actually improved his tee, you know, his driving game in the outings before he arrived here. That's the only reason I I backed him. Because everything else with his game was great, but the driver was all over the place. Mm. This is the kind of course where a Matthew Wolf would get eaten alive, and that's why he doesn't play it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think that. Justin Thomas, with his errant driving, would fare particularly brilliantly around here. But because for all of the great play, he'd get a triple on some of these holes and mm. wouldn't win.
2: Yeah, and that's 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 the point, isn't it? Is if you if you're not making those par, pars on those holes, then you're just drifting down that leaderboard very very quickly. Yeah.
0: It's no surprise that you're looking at past winners here. Spieth with his fantastic iron play. Corey Connors, as Barry said earlier, was just an absolute monster of a ball striker. Long enough, dead straight, fantastic high G.I.R. player. Andrew Landry was a bit more of a shock. I know Ben Coley was on him that way, 200 to 1, which was a phenomenal pick. But even Landry, when he's on form, he's arrow straight off the tee, and his wedge and iron play, when he's on, which is rare, is top notch. Top notch. Yep. So you can see that kind of works. I was on Kevin Chapel in 2017. That's a guy that had just finished 10 in the top 10 at Augusta National on his previous outing because the Valera Texas Open, that particular phase of the PGA Tour, was after yep. Augusta. So you can kind of, you can see connotations here. If we're looking at correlating courses, in my opinion. I think as I mentioned earlier, PJ West is a fabulous one. I I think you look at Jordan Speed you look at Charlie Chuck Hoffman, you look at Martin Laird, who's one here, you look at Brendan Steele, they've all got great records also at Scottsdale. And TPC San Antonio and San Antonio is in the southwest of Texas, which is quite desert-like. So in fact, I think I read that fifteen percent of Texas is in the is is officially Qualified as desert. So you could almost call this desert golf. Although this isn't a desert looking golf course. There's far too much foliage and trees involved. But it's physically in the desert. Um, So I I, I don't mind any kind of desert form. Be that um, the, the Shriners Open. PJ West, the Amex. Waste Management Phoenix Open. There's a huge carryover though. With Augusta National. There's a huge carryover. With Colonial Country Club which of course they play the Charles Swab challenge at and it's part of the Texas swing. Um, Speed's a winner there. Corey Connors has finished sixth at Colonial. Kevin Chappell's got a top 10 there. So's Chuck Hoffman. So's Jimmy Walker. Martin Laird's had a couple of top 10s at um, Colonial. A massive, massive carryover. Colonial to this place. So if you're seeing Texas forming players, that's something that you should definitely put a tick against. There's also a carryover for whatever reason with the John Deere Classic. Couldn't tell you why, but there's definitely a carryover. Landry's done well there. Kevin Chappell, Chuck Hoffman, Jordan Spiesa winner there. Even Stephen Bowditch has had a good result at the John Deere Classic. Um, I'm seeing a little bit of TPC Boston. Also, and I don't really know the reason... Silverado, where they play the Fortinet Championship, the first event of the PGA Tour usually. There's a huge carryover with that event as well. You can also bring in a little bit of carryover on Greg Norman Design at El Chameleon, where they play the Mayagoba Golf Classic, because that, again, is a Norman golf course. So anyway, I'm seeing correlating kind of tributaries attributes there. Even Pebble Beach, you know. I mean, Speeds goes well at Pebble Beach, doesn't he? Uh, yep. Kevin Chapel's had a 6th and an 8th there. Chuck Hoffman's had a top 7 there. Jimmy Walker's won there. Stephen Bowditch has got a top 10 and 2 top 20s at Pebble Beach. So for whatever reason, Pebble Beach as well. Right. I want to mention bookmakers before we move forward. On to the Valero Texas Open and who we're selecting. Uh, Boyle Sports are 10 places each way this week. I actually thought when they opened up, Paul, their prices were very competitive this week. They actually had one of my selections at a market best price and 10 places each way. That lasted yeah. for about half an hour and people clearly cottoned onto it and he got cut. But 10 places each way this week, and we know, we don't know for sure, but they're going to be near the top when it comes to additional each way spots for the Masters next week. I don't think there's any. Doubt about that. They are the leading bookmaker for each way, additional each way places so far in 2022. So Boyle Sports, again, if you were going to sign up to a Boyle Sports account, I don't think it's a bad time to do it the week before the Masters. We've got UK and Republic of Ireland new customer offers available on the Golf Betting System website. On top of that, and I'm going to highlight these guys again because they deserve to be highlighted. Best player odds this week for the Texas Open. We've noticed again, Bet365 are dominating on price. We've been mentioning this throughout a lot of podcasts. They were best price or joint best price on 86% of the world match play field last week. That's crazy. 86% of the match play field best or joint best price, Bet365. So if you want to look at maximizing a price, they were a great account to have on board. So for those of you wanting the best golf odds right now, Golf Betting System recommends Bet365. If you're 18 plus and do not have a Bet365 sports account, you can find details of their current bet 10 pounds. Get 50 pounds in free bets. New customer promotion plus a link through to that very offer with T's and C's in this podcast description. So Bet365 best on price, sports. 10 places each way offering this week at a 50 odds. Um, I looked at the top of the market this week. Don't fancy Rory. Don't fancy Jordan. Don't fancy Corey Connors. I got to Abraham answer and I thought quarter finalist last week. Beat Colin Morikawa eight and seven in the Sweet Sixteen. If that's not going to boost your confidence, I don't yeah. know what is.
2: Yeah, strong performance. But
0: Colin Morikawa, who was, you know, he could have been world number one if he'd have got uh, further down the line in, in the match play. One of the, you know, phenom of golf at the moment, and he beat him eight and seven. That's not going to boost your confidence. I don't know what is. And I just think with answer I try and get into players' heads. answer has been struggling this year. He hasn't been anywhere near the kind of golfer that he was throughout 2021. And I think a lot of that is he changed equipment. He took some Callaway dollars. He, he went to a Callaway driver. He went to an Odyssey putter. Um, fair play. Nice deal, I expect. But it's taken him time to get used to that equipment, in my opinion. He hasn't been as straight, hasn't been as phenomenal as he usually is off the tee. But that's clearly coming round because you know he got out of his group last week, beats Morikawa, gets to the quarterfinal, gets beaten by an inspired Corey Connors Saturday afternoon. But actually, from a betting perspective, I don't mind that because 22-1, to 1, I'm in eight place each way, 50 odds on Paddy Power. He actually lives in San Antonio, will be sleeping in his own bed this week. Um, and he just has a lot of form on courses I really like the look of. A winner at TPC Southwind last year to get his Tour Maiden victory, which was a World Golf Championship. Those That golf course features champion Bermuda Grass Greens, by the way. Also, he was second at the Wells Fargo Championship last year, and that was his pre prior outing to the PGA Championship. He doesn't mind some of his best performances when you look at the Um, his results profile tend to be either before or after a major. So I think he's one of these guys that likes to peak going into a major. I doubt if you ask Abraham answer in all reality, do you think you're going to win the Masters next week at 7,800 yard Augusta National? He'd probably, in his heart of hearts say, no, I don't think I've got the, the real game to win around there. So I think it's a good opportunity for him in his home state, in his hometown. So, yeah. I'm on answer twenty-two to one, two places each way, with Paddy Power eight places. Anyone towards the top of the market? (laughs) I'm asking you. I know that Paul's put two five hundred to one players up this week, so I don't really know. (laughs) Is there there anyone towards the top of the markets that you guys particularly fancy? I
2: I couldn't take it one personally this week. I've not backed the lowest I've backed is sixty-six. So. We can get there when the, uh, when we get down to that kind of level. Any, any of you fancy at the top, Baron? Sixty
1: six are nosebleed odds, Paul. Like that's way too high up the market. <laughs> yeah, I, it's just um, it's a strange week to back. Uh, so I'm going to do what I did a few weeks ago and just go for a few outsiders when I I really didn't have a clue. Roll back, you know, bring back. You know, just go less, less bets and have a few. This what you're going to call Gary Woodland aren't you? At twenty, I can't what,
0: believe you're going to miss out on Gary
1: Woodland winning his fifth PGA Tour title this week. Steve, you've done this to me before, and I've gone and backed Gary, and he's gone and you know,
0: it's I can't, Barry, I, I
1: can't believe it. Just, just spare a couple of euro for Gary's win. Fine, I'll Go put co- i I'll put I'll put a couple of euro on for the Steve Bamford just uh, do it po- posted fund, um, you know, and I will I will ignore your Skype messages on Thursday when he's yeah I look it's just he's playing lovely golf uh, mm. I just don't love him at 28s, 33s. but you know that's just uh, that's just me being greedy I'll put a couple of euro on just an emotional hedge thirty five
0: to I managed to snag yesterday. Eight places with William Hill, but Woodland just—he just—he sings to me that he's due a win. We've said this all along with Gary. He's of Maybe the ilk right. that he's of the ilk where he needs to build up his own confidence to then take a tournament by the horns and eventually get over the line. That's just how he plays. Always has done. Fifth at the Honda, fifth at Arnold Palmer, seventeenth last time out of the Valspar. He's taken on. He's, he's won eight hundred and fifty-eight thousand dollars in Florida, coming out of the Florida swing, and he's coming to a golf course there last year when he was playing particularly badly. He got a sixth place finish. It just it just sings to me. Two of his wins have also been on this overseeded seeded, greenery. Uh, yeah, two of his wins. Yeah, Valspar. That's right. And Scottsdale. And he also finished second, if you remember, going way back in time when Johnny Vegas beat him at PGA West at the Bob Hope Lottery. Again, Poet Trivialis oversee the Greens. Ninth and 14th at Colonial the last two years. So he, he fits, he, he, he's a perfect fit to me. To me, this golf course is all about excellent approach play and someone like Gary Woodland that. Probably has the length to take three wood on a lot of these tees, where other people are taking driver and just keep it a little bit straighter. I
1: think Woodlands a great player this week, so yeah, I'm on thirty five to one. Oh, Steve, Harvey, I have to jump like it's. I have to jump back and follow my own advice. Don't be price proud. He makes an awful lot of sense. I mean, he's 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 yeah.
0: Well, let's be frank, Barry. It's a. It's not the greatest of PGA Tour fields.
1: So yeah. No, it's not when you start seeing some of the prices for some of the guys up there. When you see Seewoo Kim at like 28 30s all like not no not having an attack at Siwu but
0: oh, I um, I remember
1: going back to 2016 when I put up Kevin Chapel
0: at 33 to 1 and you think now, 33 to 1 winner, that's good. Then, How could you put Kevin Chapel up at 33 to 1? He's never won on the PGA tour. He's a bottler. He's this, he's that and then he goes and wins and he get a nice 33 to 1 winner. Thanks very much. You know, a lot of these players, Gary Woodland, you know, just that's just the kind of, that's just the way the, the way of the world, isn't it? The, the other one that I don't particularly like the price up, but you can't, again, you've got to say that he's playing phenomenal golf. He's played well here in the past. 8th, 13th, 8th, 6th last year. Was all over the Honda Classic. Was all over the Arnold Palmer Invitational. Has four PGA Tour victories but that is a long time ago, It's Chris Kirk. He's also won at Colonial. So I'm on him. Now, he was a 40-1 to 1 chance with Boyle Sports very early doors, and I wish I could have grabbed it. Um, but we put him up on the preview at 33-1. to 1. But I have got a full 10 places each way on Chris Kirk. And he tends to be one of those players where you think to yourself, well, I want every one of those additional places because he's not exactly the most guilt-edged in... In, um, com, you know, in contention. But, you know, you say that, he's hung around and had two top tens, of two each way, four each way payouts in his last uh, tournaments in Florida before the players. So he has been hanging around. Seventh in the Honda Classic, fifth at the Arnold Palmer Invitational. So maybe it's Chris Kirkwheat. He lives literally 95 miles from Augusta National. So I'm sure he would love to play his first Masters since 2016. Mm. And you just look at his CV in Texas, it's phenomenal. Yeah, As I said, colonial winner. He actually got to the quarterfinals of the first ever world match play they played in 2016 at Austin Country Club. Whatever whatever course it is in Texas, he's got a decent record around there. So yeah, Chris Kirk, I'm on. It's not the best of prices. But I took Chris Kirk at 33s to 1s rather than Adam Hadwin at 33 to 1. Who, again, you look at Adam Hadwin, 33 to 1. But you cannot argue with the golf the guys playing. Uh, but I took Kirk on that particular one. And then I've also put up and, you know, why not? He did well for me last week. He's gunning for the President's Cup team for the internationals. Uh He's he's been. Uh, I remember he was fourth here a few years ago, going into the final round and then went backwards. But I think he's a better player these days. I think he's more well rounded. I think he believes in in himself a bit more as well. Johnny Vegas, why not? Forty five to one, eight place each way with William Hill on Johnny Vegas. I remember as if it was yesterday. Johnny throwing away the twenty sixteen Barbosol Championship, which they played the same week as the Open, one of these alternate events. He threw that one up, and then no one was on him the week after at the RBC Canadian Open, which he bolted up and won at Glen Abbey. So he has previous not that he, not that he not that he threw away the victory on Sunday. I thought he played quite well on Sunday, shot sixty-eight, did all right. Um, but Vegas has history of doing well in an alternate event and then winning the week after. Yeah, and he's a bloody good driver of the golf ball. 21st so far for total driving this year and 12th for strokes gained off the tee. He's been hitting his irons very, very well of late. And that's exactly what we need here. Good, strong driver and a fantastic iron player as he's arriving in uh, Texas. So I'm on Vegas. He's also a Texas long haul. And I do think these Texas Longhorn players are going to be inspired this week by Scotty Scheffler. So he's not my only player that's a te- former Texas Longhorn in my squad. I'll go into that in a short while. So that's me subbed in. So 45 to 1, 33 to 1, 35 to 1, and 22 to 1. Uh, those are my four selections in that region. Right, my next tip is 80 to 1. So do you guys want to chime in on someone a bit
2: bigger in the. In the odds for you? Yeah, I've got I've got one. Um, I've backed Kevin, <clears throat> excuse me, Kevin Streelman I've backed at 66s. Um, if I work through this field, I make him the third most accurate player um, over the last six months from this entire field. So, you know, in terms of raw credentials for this, I think he's got exactly what it takes. Uh, recent form, 16th at the Honda, 22nd at the Players' Championship where he was 8th going into Sunday. And seventh at the Val Spa. So, some good recent form. Uh, actually, that most recent start, he was ninth, strokes gained T to green. That was his best effort on that stat in over a year. So, he's striking the ball very nicely. And he likes TPC San Antonio. Uh, six starts, 15th, 13th. 37th, 53rd, then eighth and sixth on his last two outings here. So course fits and playing some nice golf. I think he's primed and ready to go, Kevin Streelman. So quite happy to take 66 is about him to uh, to go and put a decent shift in this week. Um, that's the only one of that range. I've got some <clears throat> a couple around the 100, 150 mark, and then some uh, some a sprinkling of some <laughs> a at the sprinkling. <clears throat>
0: Paul is Jim Hermanator <clears throat> crazy this week, as everyone that's a regular listener will know. And why not? <laughs> Have you got anyone here, Barry, in this sort of 66s out to 100
1: range? Uh, the hundreds, yeah, I've got I've got involved in a couple there. Um, I've gone with Takumi Kanaya. Oh, yeah.
0: You put the know. old OWGR play. That's a good one.
1: Uh sure I'll I'll take that. Um that yeah. wasn't really the angle. Um it was just a match like he played some nice golf last week. He's 100 to 1. Um yeah. the guy's a talent and um I, mean, I suppose you could have a, a small like um national connection in that. You know Hideki won the Masters this time last year and he's also Japanese. I don't know if I'm just clutching at straws here just to make connections <laughs> but uh, really. Yeah,
0: hundred to why one. is Takumi Well, there you go. Here's an argument. Well, why is Takumi one hundred to one? Yeah, mm-hmm. perennial winner in his own tour. Yeah, he's a hundred to one, and I'm seeing Richard Bland at eighty to one with a couple of firms. See, Bland and Tagai, they're, they're kind of literally next to each other in the world rankings, aren't they? Richard Bland doesn't win nearly as much as Takumi. This is what I'm saying. And we also got a situation where we'd said at the top of the show, Ian Poulter won this by getting to the yeah. quarterfinals of a year, and then he won at 100-1. And that's exactly, you know, he, he made the sweet 16, didn't he? Both of those, Bland and Takumi
1: made the sweet 16. It's almost disrespectful. I, I don't think Bland's price is... Uh... I think, I think it's an emotionally affected price because p- more people are will back him. Yeah. yeah. Um just because of the the storyline behind him. Um yeah. I mean I just thought like the Takumi price was uh was lovely. 100 to 1. I mean when you're looking at guys in and around that mark and mm. just guys you just look and you just think ah oh, he's never winning. So and all, all all we need to say is the name Satoshi Kadaira, isn't it? Oh, don't even go there, Steve. Really? You're gonna drag up that painful memory now.
0: <laughs> I believe it was Kadira in the top fifty in the world when he won
2: the week after yeah. the
0: Masters. Beating Siwoo Kim. Mm-hmm. He was.
2: Yeah, was one of the um, more elevated players in the field mm, if you'd ranked he by world ranking. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, I can see the logic.
0: I'm going down the route. Of a Texas long haul. It's the one I haven't mentioned, surprisingly. It's Doug Gim. Sixth last time at the Players. He landed a check for $675,000 for finishing sixth at the Players' Championship. He landed 101 FedEx Cut Points and his biggest ever chunk of official World Golf Ranking Points. I reckon he's going to come here on cloud nine, mate. He hasn't played anything since. He showed a bit of fortitude in the final group at TPC Sawgrass on the Monday. And When he played here last year, he made 9.1 strokes tee to green, seventh in that category. And this is totally Doug Gim. He lost seven and a half strokes putting. He was 44th. But Gim was in the top 12 for strokes game putting on very similar greens at the players a few weeks ago. If he takes forward the fact that he was mixing it with some of the world's best players and came out sick at the players uh, and was putting well and the fact that Scotty Scheffler, one of his fellow Texas longhorns, has just become world number one and is on this role and takes that positive energy, I think Gim's going to have a cracking week. Fifth at PGA West last year on similar greens. And as we said, Charlie Hoffman and Andrew Landry have got form at that PGA West setup. So, yeah, Doug Gim for me. Playing some very nice golf. Get this Doug Gim last season was 21st for strokes gained T to green, right? That was a place better than Scotty Scheffler. And was sur- he was surrounded by Corey Connors, Hideki Matsuama, Tony Finau and Xander Chauvelet. That's the kind of tee to green game that Doug Gim possesses.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Undoubtedly, it fits, doesn't it? Elite. Straight, 2.95
0: off the tee, straight, fantastic iron player. Perfect for this golf course. Mm. So, yeah, Doug Gim. Love his connotations with Texas. And the final one, Brendan Steele, 80-1, to 1, eight place each way with Betfred. I love Brendan Steele again this week. 13th at Sawgrass. I think, you know, I might be wrong here, Paul. I think he might have been playing in exactly the same late group with Kevin Streelman at Sawgrass. They were very close on the golf course, I
2: know that. Yeah, could well have been.
0: Like the last three or four groups on yeah, Sunday, but, they were right yeah, in the yeah. pressure cooker of the tournament. Put it that way. And I know with Steele, I kept seeing him on the leaderboard. He was kind of fifth, sixth, fifth, sixth. I kept praying that um, Shane Lowry was going to appear on that on-screen leaderboard. Never did. Steele was in there. Steele was in there. And then he got to the 17th and just kept, he bunged it in the water. Uh, Eventually finished 13th. But he's clearly playing some good golf. 26th at Bay Hill. 13th at TPC Sawgrass. His record here is mad. First, fourth, eighth, 13th great driver he ranks in this field the second best driver over the last eight weeks behind only one and that of course is Rory McIlroy so he's the second best driver in the field and he was second at Sawgrass for total driving and ball striking I'm all over in like a rash Brendan Steele 80-1 yep
2: yeah, just needs to needs to find the putter as all of these guys do don't they these yeah. accurate sorts I don't think it's that kind of greens.
0: tournament, this tournament, where I don't think you need... It's not like Bay Hill when we said, oh, you know, Will's Allot- I was saying, Wills Alatoris will not win at Bay Hill, can't putt. This kind of tournament, semi... I think you've got to putt well on the week, but you see some people there that aren't the best of putters. Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: So, right, that's me done. Steel, Gim, uh, let me recap, Vegas, Kirk, Woodland, and Answer. The only reason I put six up here is I've actually had two of the last four winners. I seem to get a read on this tournament, so I'm trying to pick the
2: winner this week with yeah, real don't, well, verve. With with, uh, with eight or ten places available, a lot of the bookies then six mm. six picks isn't um, isn't out of order, is it?
0: Now um, the li- the listeners, Paul, they're waiting with bated breath for your wild and wacky long shots.
2: Yeah, I've got a couple that aren't quite so wild and wacky first. Um, Both accurate sorts. Brian Stewart I've backed, 100 to 1 with 8 places. Um, 16th and 7th over the past couple of weeks. He was 4th here also in 2019. Um, Some good course form then, some good uh, good recent form. A couple of runner-up finishes at El Chameleon as well, which you talked about earlier for that Greg Norman link. Um, scrambled really well last week, ninety-two percent at uh, Corales. That was the uh, the first in the field. He led the field for scrambling. So short games good, long games good as we know. Form's good, course form's good. Correlating course form or, or uh, designer course form's good. Hundred to one, I'm taking that. So stewards in. Um, also backed Hayden Buckley at one hundred and fifty to one. Again, with eight places and another accurate sort, isn't he? He looked the real deal, didn't he, at the start of this season with um, fourth at the Sanderson Farms, which you mentioned again a, a little while, while back as potentially one to correlate. that's oh, no, Sorry, it was the Shriners you mentioned, wasn't it? Sanderson Farms, eighth at the Shriners. So a couple of decent spins at the start of this wraparound season. Bit off the boil since, but 13th last week and found his long game again. Eighth for driving accuracy, 11th for the Greens in regulation. And um, if you look at his wins on the... Um, well, a couple of wins in his career today. One on the Corn Ferry Tour at 13 under, one in Canada back on the Canadian Tour at 18 under. So this is his kind of scoring, I think. And uh, the course seems to suit him nicely. So happy to give him a chance at, um, at 150 to 1. Um, and I've actually backed... Three rather than two, I've backed at 500 to 1. Now, I must stress, these are just complete... Um, toe in the water just you know a couple of quid here or there just to uh for a bit of fun but each of them has a little bit of a case i think um i've packed i've backed martin trainer at 500 to 1 who's as oh, random as you like trainer isn't he the last time he was out in texas um, that was a houston <laughs> he is yeah He finished and, fourth, didn't he? Houston. Yeah, he top five, yeah, fifth in the end. Yeah, but he led to cool. halfway. He was right in the mix, wasn't he? So that was the last time he played in Texas. He was fifth last uh, sorry, seventh last week at Corrales overall. Um he's made a couple of cuts here from two starts mm. at TPC San Antonio and um oh I mean, it's all going to be about the putting and the short game for him. He's going to have to get around the course in that way, but um he is so random that you wouldn't surprise if he just popped up and uh, and got a uh, finish of some description from, from absolutely nowhere. So, it's a trainer. Um, I've also got Jim Herman, who um, won't come as any surprise because Steve's mentioned him four or five times already. Um, oh, again, right. 500 to 1. But yeah, he's won in Texas. He won in Houston. He's won before the Masters in the past um 18th here back in 2017 um decent on the you know from t to green that week he was uh, second for greens and regulation 10th for accuracy and old money that week as well um seventh recently at puerto rico despite opening that week with a 76 after that he was um he was one of the best players if not the best player in the uh, in the field and again he's that kind of random player who can just pop up and actually win a golf tournament herman um Again, 500 to 1. Um, the other one is Paul Barjon at 500 to 1. Um, you mentioned the American Express. He was 10th there earlier this season. And um, got a little bit of form from the Corn Ferry tour, haven't we, Um, on TPC San Antonio? They played both tracks back in 2010, I think it was. Um, 2020. He was- Twenty sorry, twenty twenty. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, he was third and then second on this Oaks course back in um, yeah back in twenty twenty. So he's got some course form as well. Uh, I'll Davis... mention the players
0: there, Paul, because that's that's worthy of note yeah, for yeah. the listeners. Tied for ninth in this field, Ben Martin, who finished second at Puerto Rico last week. Coles and McGreevy. Will Zalatoris was fifth. He's not playing this week. And I, if you've got a perfect golf course for Will yeah, Zalatoris, in ideal, this wasn't? one? Austin Smotherman, who interested me, he finished fourth. I was going to tip up Taylor Pendrith, who was in the field, and then withdrew. But you're right, because he finished second at that uh, TP San, San Antonio Championship. Paul Barjon was second, and Davis Riley was first. Yeah. yeah so yeah. I, Paul Barjon at five hundred to one—that's that to me is a decent bet. Got, got to say, it. I, think I think like Paul because he, he is a phenom. When I look at my eight-week trackers, he's always in the Top of the tr- near the top of the tree for driving, mm. very good driver at the golf ball. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's bits to like. I mean, you know, he was 54 hole leader
0: off, at the American Express and then he finished 10th. Yeah yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, he's shown some uh, shown some snippets of form. So, uh, mm. yeah, at that price, I'm quite happy to just take a, a very speculative, low stake punt on him to see what happens. But yeah, that, that's my lot. And any any bombs from you, Barry. Uh, not
1: really no I'm going to hang on and do maybe a couple of first round leader bets Um, hmm. Martin Laird Jimmy Walker just a couple of just a couple of Hail Marys like, I, think just, good good kind of, I think Laird's a good bet this week I think Laird's it could bet, be yeah. yeah I don't know if he's hmm. got everything still in the tank to go all the way to a win so that's what kind of got me thinking about a first round leader first bet. round
0: leader yeah I think Laird's so, playing nice. He's playing very well tee to Green. He's in the top thirteen in this field from in my ranking. But yeah, just he's got putt. But this is it. If anyone's gonna find a putt, you know someone that can putt in the first round, that's a good bet. Laird, I think.
1: Mm. Yeah, other than that I'm kind of um just keeping my purse closed uh more or less until next week. i uh, we're gonna launch a few bets next at the Masters. It's getting very, I'm very excited. I'm so excited. It's if it, it's it has felt like a long, long, long time since the last major. It has been, it has, uh, been. yeah. It's it's it seems to sort of have stretched out because of COVID during the winter. It's just made it uh, that extra. It feels like we're getting our, our ice cream at the end of dinner.
2: Mm. Yeah, it's always, it's always a long old haul from the Open through to the uh, to the Masters, but nearly there now. We
0: are going to be recording our Masters Research podcast either Thursday or Friday of this week. It all depends on the bookmakers really and whether the bookmakers, some of them, get their real extended each way places markets up. But there will be a podcast for you end of this week. And we're very excited about the Masters Research podcast. We love it. Mm. Yep, always a fun one to do. Absolutely. Thank you for your time, gentlemen. I hope your bets go well.
2: Yeah, best of luck, guys.
0: You too, guys. And don't forget, Bet365 Majors Competition, link in the description box. And also don't forget, five-star reviews, best review I will read at the start of our Masters Tips podcast which will be podcast 203, will it be? Four, I think, yeah. 204. No, it'll be 205, because the research one's going to be 204. So oh, yeah. 205, yeah, top of that. Your uh, five-star review will be red at that one. Right, thanks for your time. Sayonara, chat. See you next week. If you like betting on golf But everyone that you back misses the cut Get some experts
2: involved with all the stats and the tips and so much more, cause it's the golf betting system, the
1: golf.